This is episode number 52, Find Your Inner Talent, with Amy Corey. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohit, and this is the Overcoming Ads Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before I introduce today's guest, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to our upcoming event on March 9th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. An event where you will get a chance to connect with hundreds of people who are going through a similar transformation that you are. An event where you will get a chance to hear from eight different speakers from around the country, each one sharing on a particular aspect of finding your voice, rediscovering your voice, elevating your voices to help others. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash be a voice not an echo. Now, let's get back to our guest. It all started when she was eight years old. She said, when I was eight, I got to start vocal lessons with a very big performance vocal coach who taught a guy named Seth Riggs, who made Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder. I did my vocal coaching for 10 years. At 18, I moved to Nashville ready and confident, and prove what I have learned. When did you first recognize your special talents or gifts? What are you doing with them today? Without further ado, please welcome Amy Corey. Today's guest is someone who I had the pleasure of recently meeting. And I wanted to bring her onto the show to share a little bit about her story and her background because to me, it was a fascinating story to begin with and it was great to see someone who has channeled that energy into something of a creative purpose. And so I remember when I came across one of Amy's posts, I was like, this this is it. I have to connect with this person. I have to find a way for them to share this with the rest of our community. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to introduce Amy onto the show. So Amy, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was so sweet. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Um, uh, what I wanted to do in the way that I wanted to start off this episode is if you, would you be willing to share a little bit about your upbringing, um, a little bit about the relationship that you might have had with your um, parents and then what ultimately led you to being um, uh, adopted and then, you know, from there, I figured we can jump into the episode of discovering your inner talents and kind of explore some of the talents that you've had along the way. Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. I was actually, I was born in Da Nang, Vietnam, and I was adopted at six months old. So I was just a tiny <laughs> baby. And um, I have information about my birth mom and potentially could use that in the future. But I was adopted to an American family and was brought to the United States. And um, 
I kind of just, I grew up from there and I grew up in Ohio for a little and then we moved to Oregon mm-hmm. and I grew up in Oregon and both my parents and my, my uh, adoptive family are very lawyers and doctors. So singing was a weird, <laughs> a weird career. Abnormal thing to pursue. Yeah. Yes. But I was very stubborn about it and um, I was like I know I want to do this I know I want to do this and um, I had a lot of other passions but singing always weirdly overruled not knowing the potential it could have and then when I was eight I got to start vocal lessons with a a very big uh, uh, performance and vocal coach who was taught by a guy named Seth Riggs who made Michael Jackson Stevie Wonder and so I did that vocal coaching for 10 years from when I was eight to 18. And then that's when I moved to Nashville is when I was 18, when I felt ready and confident that I could prove what I have learned. And um, yeah, and now I'm here. I've been here for three years and it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> that's amazing. Funny story yeah. and somewhat related to what you just said. So when I was living in Russia, one of the things that we were required to do in the orphanage for my last three years was to be a, a part of some sort of um, music-related classes. So whether that was singing, dancing, playing the piano, whatever it may be. And for some reason, I gravitated towards folk singing. So I had this probably similar background of um, getting trained in that. And then I remember our teacher, she also used to be a composer and 50 other roles because you know we just didn't have the staff to do it so she had to kind of do it all she would be the one that was sitting down with us and making costumes or sitting down with us and um, writing the songs and things like that so it's yeah I can definitely relate to that part of the journey and kind of the challenges that I faced I remember my first time getting on the stage to perform this was a Russian folk song and it was a competition amongst other schools and orphanages and like your whole stomach turns and all of a sudden like you forget the words <laughs> and everything is just like becomes a blur. But then somehow you were able to jump out of that and back into who you are and it just starts coming out as it's supposed yeah. to. Yeah, it's insane. I, I feel like it's so much of confidence because I used to perform a lot when I was nine and ten. Mm-hmm. And then but as my voice was changing, I felt like so unconfident. So I actually did perform when I was 11 to when I moved to Nashville. Mm. I took like an eight year break of not performing to feel confident again to where I was like, okay, I know if I can prove my, I can prove myself now. I'm confident on who I am, what my voice sounds like, how, how to control it. But yeah, I remember I tried once through that time and it was bad. <laughs> real bad. <laughs> Do you remember when this passion for singing really began? I know you you spoke a little bit about having it be at around eight years old or so, but like, is there a moment that kind of made sense in your mind as far as like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life? Yeah, um, everyone knows that I went through a lot growing up um, with like bullying and depression and suicide and self-harm and all that kind of stuff. And Mm -hmm. really going through all of that, my mindset was so lost, but the only thing that really was there to give me hope was the dream of somehow turning my negatives 
into a positive through music and through my voice and um, it was it, it in a cliche kind of way it, it really did save my life music really did save my life it was mm-hmm. the reason that got me through it because it was hope that I could get out of it and continue doing what I love and so that's really when the passion really was just 110 percent but then with the passion it really became my life mm-hmm. because it really is all I do now because it, it saved my life and so it really just kind of became my life mm-hmm. it was an interesting bizarre concept but I think when I was around 14, 15, when I was really at my low and really actually wanted to start going into recovery, it was really there. And songwriting was always my therapy. And it was just, it was my way to express myself when I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And I, there was really no one at the time that was talking about that kind of stuff. And so to have to go through that alone and make my hero create your own way. Yeah, I'm, my hero is myself in 10 years. And so that was when I was 11. And so my I'm kind of at the age of where I wanted to be. And then I continue it. But I never want anyone else to have to go through that. <laughs> it was really tough. And so that pushed my drive a lot more um, was to continue being what I never had. Mm-hmm. To know that I understand people in whatever they're going through. Yeah. Is there a piece that comes to mind that kind of allows you to tap into who you are and maybe heal you in certain ways that you might be able to share with us? Yeah, definitely. I actually have my guitar right here. Mm-hmm. Um, I There's always... Um, there's a song I wrote at a time where I really needed it. Um, and it's called it's called Glory Road, and um, I'll just play a tiny snippet of it. Absolutely. <laughs> of course, my guitar is out of tune. That's all good. We all have our difficulties. I know. It's so bizarre. I had a gig last night, too. I really assumed it would be so <laughs> Someone to 
Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. I can definitely tell how, in your case, you've been able to use, you know, a lot of the traumatic experiences that you've had in your life to kind of like drive you through this. Like a lot mm -hmm. of the, I mean, all the lyrics are, I think, all about that and just allowing you to heal. So the question that comes to mind as I'm listening to, to that piece is, how have you been able to use those traumatic experiences that you've had in your life to further develop the drive and the energy to just know that you can keep going and believe in yourself and like move forward with your work? Yeah. So for me personally, I there's this quote that I literally just live by because for my life it's so true. It's um, it's some people survive chaos and that's how they grow. Mm -hmm. and so thrive in chaos because chaos is all they know mm. and, yeah it makes sense <laughs> and so throughout my life there's always been something and I think because of what I went through when I was younger it never really goes away and you're always especially with self-harm People don't understand that is an addiction. So you're really having to work through it just like you would going sober from alcohol and drugs. It's an everyday process. And especially with this career, it's a little mm -hmm. hard to find your balance. But I think for me, it just drives me to keep going and to still hope that there'll maybe be a time where everything pays off and because music is my life and I do it 24 seven, it just mixes so perfectly with my personal life and my career life to where I'm always inspired because I'm always having to go through life stuff and people and it, it's interesting, but it's just kind of, there's a never ending. There's always something going on and that always inspires me to turn whatever if it's negative into somewhat of positive. Uh -huh. So if I have a positive experience, it usually the positive through it is I'm able to write a great song off of mm -hmm. it. So it weirdly like when I'm bored with my life, my creative mind is just out. It's amazing. <laughs> it's a bizarre kind so of thing. how do people tap into that for those who may be experiencing thoughts like that? such as negative thoughts, like how do, how do you, you know, do you have any advice on how you've been able to tap into your creative zone that refuels who you are and turns a negative into a positive, like type of questions that you may ask yourself or things like that that kind of have worked for you? Yeah, I, I'm one who really, really believes that every feeling and, and to turn a negative into a positive, mm -hmm. it's really a choice. Um, and that's why I tell a lot of people when I do a lot of public speaking is like, I'm not telling you kind of what to do. I'm just letting you know, I understand, and this is how I'm doing it. And it mm -hmm. works for me. But I think I've been through so much and like, even my adoptive mom, she passed away 
couple years ago, and I chose to find some positive within that. And um, it's 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 hard to do, and it's something I still struggle with on certain things. But every negative experience helps you grow, helps gets you kind of wiser. I always think it would be boring to live a life where you don't go through some type of hardship and mm-hmm. I never want one to have to go through hardship but it does make you grow and ex- wisdom does come from experience and you do get stronger and to get through it and then to use what you've been through and your experiences to help others I think that's a big thing that could really change a lot of perspectives is knowing that there are so many other people who have gone through very similar, similar stuff. People you don't expect who have gone through that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And to share your story with them. I mean, like even between us, we have very similar stories and that brought us together. Mm -hmm. It just, to have that support and to have, to know that someone understands what you're going through. It's a very unique connection. It's a very, very unique connection. But it's something so amazing that is should be taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. I like the part when you mentioned the hardships and challenges that people have to go through. I was listening to a brief clip by Will Smith a little while ago, and he was he he said this line: "Fail early, fail often, and fail forward." And in it, he was just mm-hmm. saying how it is through failure that you're able to learn the lessons, and you have to extract those lessons. Well, obviously, that's a skill to be able to kind of analyze when you're constantly failing and say, okay, like, what's going on? Why are things not working? But it's just so true that I think when you are able to put yourself in a position where you have nothing more to give and the only other option is to just break through that wall, then I think that's when the miracles happen. And that's when they quote, you know, success happen. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how it's defined is that you you do have to fail a thousand times before you succeed once. And so in, in your case, I think it's just you got to keep going. And no matter how many times you fall down, just find that reason to get back up on your feet and continue on with the work that you're doing. Absolutely. My first representative I had here in Nashville would always tell me, you can't fail if you don't quit. Mm-hmm. And ever since then... I- you know, I've had so many failures in my career, but I turned it into like, I'm so excited. Like if this door closes, I know there's a better one that's just waiting to be open. Mm-hmm. So if one door closes, if something falls through that night, I'm like working to find that other door. <laughs> and so <laughs> it's amazing. And I mean, still, there's so many things that I'm kind of like, this could go wrong, but <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens. And if it does, you just got to keep going, got to keep moving on. And mm-hmm. especially in the music industry, there really is no right way to do it. There's no timeline on how to do it. And um, it's and it's a little bizarre, but, <laughs> but it's, it's a fun, it's challenging. I like a good challenge. Uh-huh. How do you start off in a field like that? Especially, I guess there's so many aspects, but let's say in your case, when if you were someone who's an aspiring singer, how do you, where, where do you begin that journey? Um, for a singer specifically, 
I am one who truly believes that you you need going into a fight, you need to know what you're fighting for. And that's something my father would always tell us. And so I didn't go to college. I actually go back to my high school to talk about the, about not going to college. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did take that 10 years in developing the knowledge that I knew I was going to need for what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I really think I was not naturally gifted at singing. <laughs> I was okay, but I really owe my voice to my vocal coach. And it's kind of like, it's really just becoming, it's like a doctor. You got to learn some type of knowledge to get into that field. And then you just learn and learn and learn. Um, meeting people and making your connections and just working your butt off. <laughs> like, I always tell people, and I don't try to be mean, but in this industry, natural talent doesn't get you to the top. It doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it. And um, it's, I've been told before that there are so many more talented people than me, better songwriters who don't get the opportunities I do. Uh-huh. So I got to make sure that I know that this is a privilege and work my butt off to really deserve it. Uh-huh. And I think it's amazing to see these past three years that I like to believe that hard work really, really does pay off. Um, yeah. you, mentioned, you mentioned a lot about networking and putting yourself out there so for someone who's just starting off how do you because what i'm learning throughout a lot of this work as well is that to create a relationship and maintain one it requires a whole different set of skills you can't carry one set of skills into the other because it's it's just different things so how do you you know do, do you have any like things that you've learned from the creation process that you wish you knew before you had started that? And then as far as the maintaining the relationships, like what are some lessons that you've been able to extract from that looking back at everything now? Yeah, I mean, when I moved to Nashville, I looked up every single writer's round, anything I could be a part of. And I was 18 at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was hard because I could not get into a lot of places until I made the connections with the right people to get in. Mm. And that's really big challenge for me being so young and looking very young. Um, but I knew being an Asian country singer, it was going to be really hard to get in. And so I strategically kind of planned out that I needed to get in with the people who've been here the longest. So I actually got in with the older generation songwriters, people who mm. wrote for Mark Robbins and toured with Johnny Cash and those kind of people because they already made their career. They've already had their career. And so I was getting in on how they did it instead of going to people my age on asking them, what are they doing? Got so it. How instead of the what? And I, and I listened. I think I didn't go in no thinking I knew everything. I really... Listen, I don't get into a fight unless I know I can win. <laughs> I'm very competitive like that. But I got in with them, and they are like my mentors, and they're still like my best friends in the world. And they still love to drink and have good times and talk a lot. And I just learned so much from them. And I always tell people when I, it's to just listen and share, but don't think you know everything because mm-hmm. I've listened some of their stories like seven times because they're old and they forget stuff. 
but they add something new every now and then and it's kind of like huh like it just clicks and um just you just especially in nashville you never know who you're gonna meet i always say that the drunkest person or the most homeless looking person in the bar is probably the hit songwriter probably the most successful person it's just a bizarre i've met so many people that are you kind of forget their credentials when you become friends with them but i've met so many people so randomly just by going out having you know just being myself and i think so many people try so hard to be other people mm. um, and i just really be myself you know i'm i am very professional when it comes to my job but i'm very weird and i'm a huge car person and i i just i don't really hide that kind of stuff and um, i don't hide the scars i have in my body from self-harm i'm just very me and so when you make that relationship it's it's i took a different approach to where when i made my business relationships i never asked them for anything if it was firstly a personal relationship like friends and stuff like that i never asked them for anything and then it's kind of been this past year i've been getting asked to do things and to write and to do gigs and it's just it's maintaining a relationship that way when it's one way, but then I've also done the business side where I reach out for business purposes. And social media, weirdly, has been a huge help. Mm -hmm. But I'm still learning how to do it because it's kind of like, what's too much? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, I recently um, have made some business connections through social media, but it's still so new. I'm even like, okay, you know, I can like this person's picture. I can comment a couple of times. And then in the hopes of over time, if there ever is a time I go to the UK or go to Australia, uh -huh. that pointer be like, hey, I think we have talked <laughs> enough to get together. Um, and then with business relationships, I mean, Nashville specifically is a very small town. You go out and you see you see someone you know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like in person, it's pretty easy to stay connected. Yeah. Everyone. Final thought for today's episode, and that is when the odds are completely against you, what are some core fundamental principles that you always refer to? It's funny. Uh, you might know a little bit about this. I don't know. But I actually uh, am very much into the concept of Sisu, the Finnish finished Sisu because I grew up in a very kind of racing environment that word was already around and I mean that's mm -hmm. what it is, is the courage to you have like when you are against all odds mm -hmm. and no one when I was growing up no one put a bet on me no one ever thought I could make it and someone told me the other day that they've never seen someone turn doubt into drive but I just think I could sit on my couch and cry about how no one believes in me. And what or, you don't have. Yeah, or I can just use that as my fire and not like prove them wrong, but show them that I really can. Mm -hmm. And it weirdly keeps me very calm. It, it makes me really just 
I trust myself 110% and my career rides on myself. And I know because of everything I've been through, everything I've been able to overcome, that I won't let myself down. And so coming to that state of mind, knowing that it's on me, it really kind of pushes me through. And when I do have hard times, I really do think of Sisu and kind of calming myself down in that aspect. <laughs> how, do so. you, how, how do you practice that for those who may not be aware of it? Um, I really, I think, I actually have a Sisu book somewhere of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I work 24-7 and I don't have a lot of personal time. But when I do, I really just think and I kind of evaluate and I give that time for my mind to take a break from music mm-hmm. and think about, you know, what's going to keep me healthy, what's going to keep me brave and strong to continue. Just having those hour-long breaks every couple of weeks really, I just have really come to peace with what I've been through, who I am, and um, what I want to do in this world. Mm -hmm. No matter what happens, no matter how many people don't believe it, I know that if I trust myself and do the work, I know I can do it. That's awesome. Amy, Amy, how do people find you? And what are some of the Uh, projects that you have coming up that people can follow you and kind of get more connected to your work? Yeah, so my website is just uh, amycorey.com. I can't believe I got that domain. (laughs) Um, And then I'm on Instagram. It's just amycorey underscore and Facebook. And I have an EP coming out March 3rd. Um, and I'm very excited about that. It's my first project in my, in like eight months. And so I'm very excited to finally release new music and, um, hopefully do a lot more with that. Mm -hmm. And is there, is there a theme behind it that you try to focus a lot of your songs on? Yeah, it's really just whatever's happening in my life. This EP is called volume three. Mm-hmm. It's because I've been in Nashville three years. This is my third project. And so I'm releasing it March 3rd <laughs> to keep with the threes. But this one has really been more about what I don't talk about. My first couple of singles were called Stay Fierce, which was an anthem about staying fierce, staying strong. And then Brooklyn was a love song. And so this one is more kind of like where I came from and then... Um, because I'm so focused, I've never, I don't really do relationships, but I let myself fall once. And so it's stuff that I really have gone through and they're true stories. And three is just the, some of the main points that I've been through these past three years. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being such a phenomenal guest. And for those who are listening, I'm sure that. Um, if you haven't had a chance to do so, please check out Amy Corey at any of the previous outlets that she had just mentioned and um, tune in to our interview, which will be live within the next couple of days. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. 
If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our weekly newsletter so you can receive all of our latest episodes, featured stand-up and speak-up stories, and ways you can be involved with Overcoming Odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.